In the meditation earlier today, we considered our judgment and the terrible fact that if we if we choose wrongly throughout our life, our judgment can go badly for us, and we can end up we can end up being turned away at the gates of heaven. But there's also the possibility that if we continue to choose correctly and to stay close to God, that at the end of the moment of our judgment, that examination of our life, that examination of how we have loved, we will find ourselves standing up after that conversation with our Lord and walking walking over to the doors that lead into his kingdom. We hear the words of Matthew 25, 23. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few small things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come share in your master's happiness. Matthew 25, 23. Well done, good and faithful servant. So I want to invite you to do this contemplation. Jesus opens up the door of that room, of that theater, where you've just finished watching the story of your life. And we're going to skip through the purgatory part, okay? Let's say he's already finished purgatory. And you walk into the most beautiful landscape you've ever seen. As you do this meditation, I invite you to insert here whatever beautiful landscape you choose. Maybe it's something like uh, mountains and valleys, a beautiful sunrise or sunset. Maybe it's like along the ocean. Maybe it's uh, a beach with palm trees. The most beautiful, beautiful, beautiful scenery you can picture. Or however you want to imagine heaven. Okay? Um, Maybe it's something close to home where you grew up. I grew up on this beautiful little farm in Chepstow, Ontario, Canada. And uh, in the summer, we used to do hay. And we would uh, work all day, you know, loading up hay bales on these big wagons. Right? They're like 30 feet long. You pile up the, the hay bales on top into a big stack. And then all day long, you'd have someone driving the tractor and bringing the, the wagons back to the barn, you know. And uh, at the end of the day, when the sun was setting, I would sit up on top of one of those wagons and ride back down the road, back to our farm at sunset, feeling so satisfied at all the work I had done, feeling like I had accomplished something, you know, feeling strong because it was hard work and just the beautiful evening breeze blowing through my hair. You know, it's heavenly. I often look back at those nights. Then we go and we could sit on the porch outside our house looking at the trees and the fields. It's beautiful. So imagine, imagine a scene. Maybe it's down by the bayou, right? Maybe it's under a peach tree in Georgia. <laughs> Maybe it's somewhere in Mexico that's really beautiful. It's waterfalls. I don't know. So you, you enter this beautiful scenery and you're just walking through. 
And uh, you start to walk down this path. There's this path that goes through the middle. And the path leads to a huge building, a huge stadium. And uh, someone, someone in white is guiding you. Someone dressed in white is walking you along there, showing you the way. It says, this is the way. Come, come into the stadium. And you walk through these big doors into the stadium, and you're walking through this hallway. That leads, you can see it leads to a really bright spot at the end of this hallway. And uh, there's light coming through. And down the hallway, you can hear this chanting. There's people chanting something. Ah, uh, ah. Like, what is that? It's a huge, a huge crowd, a mob of people chanting something. What is it? And you're getting closer, and it's getting louder and louder. And you're like, this must be millions of people chanting. Ah, uh, ah. And uh, you see that there's people lining the hallway. As you get closer to the door, there's people lining the hallway. And, uh, and you approach these people. And the first one, like, takes a knee as you walk by and, and grabs your hand and, and presses your hand against her forehead and says, thank you. You're like, what? Who are you? What did I do? And then, and then uh, you're getting closer and they're still going, ah, oh, ah, oh, ah. Oh. And they're cheering. They're like, they're shouting at the top of their lungs. Millions of people. And, and finally, you see that one of the people in the hallway is also, is also chanting along with them. And you get closer. What are they saying? He's saying, Josh Le Blanc. Josh Le Blanc. Okay, you can insert your own name here, okay? They're cheering your name. Gabe Rueda. Something like that, Okay. Okay, and, and they're cheering your name. And then the person in white is walking you up to the, to the, right up to the door. And you say, what? Who are these people? And he answers you. He says, these are the people who were touched by your life. These are the ones who in some way or another, it's thanks to you that they're here in heaven. And you walk out into the stadium and they see you walk in and the chanting stops and they all just scream. They all just this huge cheer. They're jumping out of their seats. They're, they're jumping over the edges of the stadium into the field in the middle and running over. And this huge crowd of people comes over and they're all like crying and saying thank you and shaking your hand. And some of them you recognize and other people you don't recognize because you didn't even know. You didn't even know that you impacted them with your life, with something good that you did. And, and they pick you up on their shoulders. They start carrying you. They're all cheering because thanks to you, in some way or another, they made it into the kingdom of heaven. Thousands of people. Because you were a missionary. Because you touched somebody's life and it changed their life. And that person went and became a preacher and changed the lives of hundreds of other people. And all of them were impacted by you in one way or another. And as they're carrying you through the stadium, they're just rejoicing. They're all excited. It's a huge party. Everyone's so happy. And you start to realize that there in the crowd are some of the people who touched your life. You know, your parents, family members people who gave the faith to you, people who taught you, your catechism teacher, 
your parish priest is there. The legionaries that you knew who already died before you, they're already there. They're cheering you on, and they're so excited that you're there. And now it's your turn to stop and say, thank you. Thank you. Without you, I wouldn't be here. And then you realize that the crowd is, you're, you're, they're carrying you along, or maybe they put you down, and you're walking along, and, uh, and you start to get to older people, people you've never met before, saints from throughout the centuries. One of them who like wrote a book that you read that changed your life, that helps you to be holy, helps you to make it to heaven. Another one who converted somebody who converted somebody who converted you, you know, they passed down the faith. People who passed on the faith to you, they're all there. They're all there. You're all rejoicing together. And then you get back to, back to thousands of years ago. You get to meet the apostles. And you're sitting there in front of like James and John. And they step aside and there's St. Peter. And you're like, thank you, St. Peter. Thank you. Because you were faithful. And then St. Peter steps aside. And there's Mary. And you're like, thank you, Mary. Maybe you just like fall on your knees in front of her. And she's the queen. She's perfect. She's crowned. She's perfectly beautiful. And you're like, if you, if you hadn't said yes, well, I don't know what would have happened. Maybe God would have had a plan B. But, but thanks to you saying yes, we are all here. Everyone's here. And everyone kneels down in front of Mary and they're like, thank you, Mary. And then Mary steps aside. And there's Jesus. And Jesus is there like, like his full signs of the passion. His, his hands, wrists have these huge holes in them. And you're like, there's no way words can express how, how much we're grateful to Jesus for what he did, the sacrifice he made. That's how I invite you to do the contemplation of heaven, arriving at heaven. You're able to see everything with perfect clarity, how everything was connected, how it all worked out in God's plan. The friends who made a difference in your life, the authors, the old lady who prayed for you, you never met her, she was praying for you. If you're a missionary, then you are called to impact the lives of, of people. And when those people get to heaven, they'll be infinitely grateful. There will be no words to say thank you. If you're a Christian, you're called to be a missionary your whole life, in one way or another, to continue impacting the lives of people. If you're called to be married, your family especially, your parish, the people you serve, will be infinitely grateful to you that you, were, that you were good, that you made the right choice, that you chose to serve our Lord. If you're called to be a priest, even more. Maybe you're called to be like a full-time missionary at some point. Even more people will be impacted by your life. They'll be there. They'll be rejoicing. If you want, imagine what it's like to look at the one who cannot be seen the one who cannot be imagined with physical images, 
God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, the Blessed Trinity. Jesus will have a body, you know. The other two. What does the beatific vision look like? How glorious is it? Mind-blowing. The ultimate mind-blowing experience. Imagine the embrace. Imagine the, the embrace that you'll have with each of those people. Maybe heaven is really like an embrace with God the Father. The Bible describes it as a feast, as a feast, a wedding banquet. So it's perfectly legitimate to imagine it as sitting down together at a table and feasting with the best foods you can imagine, the best drink you can imagine. If it helps you, you can take uh, this passage from book, the book of Revelation. Revelation 21 Verses 1 to 7 might be a helpful passage to, to picture heaven and also just to understand how the scriptures speak about heaven. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. Okay, try not to get hung up on whether or not there were two heavens, Okay. You want the passage again? Yes. Revelation, that's Apocalypsis, 21, verses 1 to 7. It's very close to the end of the Bible. A new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Okay? Poetic imagery here, but you've got like the maximum preparation that someone ever goes through to make them beautiful is a bride, okay, prepared for her husband. It doesn't get any better than that. So this is, this is the New Jerusalem. It's described that way. The city, it's perfectly adorned. It's decked out. And you might, you might say that the city is actually, rather than being the buildings, it's more about the people, right? The people make up the city. So they are decked out too. And I heard a voice, a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. No tears, no pain, no death, no crying. Perfect life and happiness. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Behold, I am making all things new. He said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of water of life without payment. So you can contemplate that scene, the scene of heaven. And then another passage that can help you to pray about this, uh, this beautiful, beautiful thing is Psalm 84. Just to take Psalm 84 and pray that, that prayer with heaven in mind. 
starts out with, how lovely is your dwelling place? You know, we could apply that to church. We could apply that to being with the Eucharist. God's dwelling place is lovely. But it certainly applies to heaven too. The dwelling place. My soul yearns for your courts. My soul is longing to be with you. And I think part of our goal here is to exercise that longing, to exercise the desire in our hearts, to to stir up within our hearts a longing for heaven, to reach the point where we say, "There's, there's nothing else that I really want this much. It's my ultimate fulfillment, my ultimate happiness. It's the goal of my whole existence. The goal of my whole existence is to be in heaven. Okay, so that's your that's your meditation for this afternoon. You might you might also, if you if you still have to prepare a confession and stuff, you can continue doing that as well during this prayer time. Yes? Sorry? Like you have like a question or something for the meditation? No. no? Just to contemplate heaven and and you're striving for the goal of a greater desire to be there in heaven. <laughs>